other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morning. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I hope you had a nice weekend. As we get uh, closer and closer to early voting in New York, I think more and more people are starting to pay attention to the upcoming races. Obviously, the race that has gotten a lot of attention around the state, probably the most attention around the state, is the race for New York State governor. Every day that comes out where there's another article about Governor Kathy Hochul, the more I struggle to understand how anybody could vote for this person. As Nicole Gelinas said, in her column on Saturday in the New York Post, she has out cuomo Cuomo. Now, what does that mean? Is she sending COVID-positive patients to nursing homes? No. Is she uh, going on uh, Cindy Adams' radio show? No. What she has done is equally bad, if not worse. There is essentially a close to a billion-dollar slush fund in the state budget that allows her to wave her magic wand and fund whatever projects she wants in politically sensitive areas including areas on Long Island where Lee Zeldin would, you'd think, do pretty well. So she's essentially buying your vote with your own money. Now, if that wasn't bad enough and uh, typical of of politics as usual enough, she also is showing an incredible amount of favoritism to her donors. All of her donors are people that do business with the state. What All of her big donors anyway, her big bundlers, whatever happened to being above suspicion like Caesar's wife? But if you look at every move that Governor Hochul makes that involves expenditure of taxpayer dollars, whether it's the Buffalo Bills getting a whole lot of money in upstate New York or the COVID tests that were ordered under her watch, it just so happens that the common thread is that while the New York state taxpayers overpay, she's cashing in form in the form of campaign donations. And now, and I know Dominic Carter mentioned this last hour, New York Post reporting that Governor Hochul could be giving two politically connected slot parlors, including one whose lobbyists donated to her campaign, a leg up over competitors to win awards for full casino licenses downstate. So what critics told Carl Campanile in the New York Post is that the process was rigged in favor of the Aqueduct and Yonkers racetracks through language inserted into the state budget by Hochul. These casinos are going to be a license to print money. Lobbying firms for Genting have donated more than $50,000 to Hochul's campaign. I recognize that a lot of this goes on in politics all the time, but why is Governor Hochul never called to account for this? Why does she feel no hesitation whatsoever in taking money that people she's about to make super wealthy. In my view, this makes the case perfectly for wholesale reform of the campaign finance system as is. But to me, it says a lot about how Governor Hochul will spend the next four years if she's elected. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Maybe some of you are listening to this as you start your Monday morning. Maybe some of you are listening to this as you wrap up your Sunday evening. I am hoping that some of you got to watch some football over the weekend because it was another great Sunday 
for the New York area football teams, at least downstate. I'm talking about the Jets and Giants. I know the Bills are technically the the only football team from New York State, but I'm talking about the Jets and Giants. Both of them won again. The Giants have now improved their record to 5-1, and one, which is just extraordinary. And you know how much of the Jet game I got to watch live? None of it. Because the place that I was, I was at my dad's house, they had the Giant game on. And both the Giants and the Jets played at 1 p.m. I have to tell you, when I was growing up, the Jets and Giants would almost never play at the same time. One team would play at 1 p.m., one team would play at 4 p.m. or on Monday night or, or whatever the case may be. They would rarely, maybe once or twice a year, play at the same time. And it was a much better system. If you're a football fan, a lot of people like to watch both the Jets and the Giants and not have to flip back and forth between both games on at the same time. I understand this used to be a rule that was mandated either by the league or by uh, some sort of broadcast restriction. And evidently that rule changed about a decade ago. So now these teams are free to air these games at the same time. And I'm not just talking about the Jets and Giants, but if there are other markets that have multiple football teams, Los Angeles, for instance, maybe even Florida, I would have no problem extending that rule to them. At the very least, there ought to be some sort of a gentleman's agreement prohibiting the Jets and Giants from going on at the same time. I am surprised that there hasn't been more of an outcry from the fans on this. I don't pretend to be an expert on football. I'm just a regular fan, and I'd like to watch both games. There's nothing more satisfying than to have friends over on a Sunday or to go somewhere for a football Sunday, order some food or make some sandwiches, and you throw one game on as everyone is watching the game, having a good time, having a conversation, and then you throw the other game on. This flipping back and forth between the Giants and Jets, it's for the birds. And at the end of the day, I think both the Giants and the Jets are going to be the big losers here. And I would love to have your support in going back to not having these games on at the same time. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Cindy Adams, who does a great show on our station on Sundays, and I listened to yesterday's show where she had that exclusive interview with Andrew Cuomo and a great interview with Frank Luntz as well. She always likes to use the phrase, only in New York, kids, only in New York. Well, this story is textbook out of the Cindy Adams playbook, only in New York. There is a high-profile congressional race. The primary was more high-profile. The general election is thought to be sort of a fait accompli. But there's a congressional race in Manhattan where, in the 12th District where Congressman Gerald Nadler is running as the Democrat. The Republican is my friend Mike Zambluskis. And there's a third-party candidate by the name of Mike Itkis. Now, Mike Itkis is an independent running largely on a platform of decriminalizing sex work. And in order to highlight what he calls his sex-positive campaign platform, the 53-year-old Army Cyber Operations officer has posted a video to a popular online porn site of him having sex with a porn performer. 
He is calling this a conversation piece. Quote, he told City and State, if I would just talk about it, it wouldn't demonstrate my commitment to the issue. And the fact I actually did it was a huge learning experience, and it actually influenced items on my platform. Now, what are his issues? His issues include legalizing sex work and making sexual rights explicit. Uh, do not rely on privacy or free speech rights. And uh, he basically goes on and on about uh, a bunch of other things related to sex positivity and decriminalizing sex work and, and things like that. I have to tell you, I know a lot of people have made fun of this guy, and this is not the kind of thing that I would ever do. And look, if I were voting in the district, I'd vote for my friend Mike Zimbluskis. But I have to give the guy credit for coming up with a novel way to bring attention to his signature issue. Look, he has made national news. He has gotten a lot more coverage than he otherwise would have. And uh, I really got to tip my hat to him. And look, a hat might be the only thing Mr. Itkis is wearing in his next campaign video. He will not be elected to Congress, but maybe this will create a conversation and create a dialogue about some of the issues related to sex workers that Itkis is talking about. And I think he's to be commended. And I think he's to be commended for that, as silly as it may sound. Only in New York, kids. Only in New York. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One more hour to go. Don't even think of touching that radio dial. Over the course of my lifetime as a driver in New York City and New York State... I have gotten more parking tickets than I care to come clean about. And it's very interesting what is going on here in New York. There is a newly proposed bill that would reward New Yorkers for calling in illegal parking complaints. But that is not sitting well with some drivers who often find parking in the city is both painful and expensive. New York City Council member Lincoln Ressler from Brooklyn says he is laser focused on the issue of illegally parked cars. He's sponsoring a bill that would effectively deputize all of us, any and all New Yorkers, to report illegal parking. And he says that this would empower the citizen to gather the evidence themselves, submit the information to the DOT, and have the ticket issued accordingly. I have some concerns about this bill. For starters... As somebody that gets frequently blocked by double parkers when I drive to work every day, I would certainly love to make some extra money by reporting on these people that are blocking me in. I just wonder if this creates a climate of vigilantism, of New Yorkers ratting on one another. There are just so many ways for the average rank-and-file motorist to have to pay more and to get screwed by the system. You have the speed cameras, the red light cameras. And look, we could have a separate discussion about each of those or both of those cumulatively. The bottom line is it means millions of dollars more in fines that working class New Yorkers have to pay. Do we really need at a time when when parking is so scarce, do we really need to find one more way for New Yorkers to rat on one another so that people have to pay more? I don't know. For every civilian ticket that pans out under this proposal, the person reporting it would be paid $44. NYPD, they're not crazy about this. They say that this will pit neighbor against neighbor. In the first half of this year, for those of you keeping track, 6.2 million traffic violations were issued. 
The bill's sponsor does not own a car in New York, and I wonder if the fact that he doesn't know what it's like to have to look for parking or to get whacked with a fine because you're 10 minutes late getting back to a meter, I wonder if that's informing his position on this. I recognize that illegal parking is a problem. I just don't know that this is the best solution. Beam me up! To be continued. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.